Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you live and we can speak to you this morning. So we come before you now and and Lord, may we pray big prayers. Uh, I know that just within our church family, their, their hearts are, are hurting. Maybe it is a, a physical illness. Uh, maybe it is a uh, relational brokenness. Maybe it's just a loss of hope. I'm so thankful that, uh, that Easter brings hope uh, and joy and it's a celebration. Uh, my prayer is that uh, this uh, would last in the hearts and lives of people here uh, as we move on uh, to Sunday afternoon. I always remember the walk to Emmaus. Jesus revealed himself there. As we move on to Monday this week, Remember Jesus and the disciples were eating and afraid and all of a sudden there he was. He moved through walls and then he ate the fish. Then he showed himself to them on the, on the lake. He, he called them and he sent them and, and they changed the world and it goes on and on and on. And even though <clears throat> if you don't come before, we'll face physical death. We live because you live. And if you choose to come while we're here, we will see you reign and in glory. And we'll be caught up with you. That's what your word says. Uh, I believe it with all my heart. Uh, it is supernatural, very much so. And I pray that we would believe in big gods and the work that you do. And we can see it in a life change. Thank you for your work here now. Thank you, you're a mighty God. Thank you that you live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. You can have a seat. Uh, if you would, uh, turn with me to John 11. If you have a Bible, if you do not have a Bible, uh, and we say this every Sunday, uh, there are Bibles in the back. That would be a gift uh, to you. You can take it home. Uh, we will give them away. And so whether it's a regular Sunday, really there are no regular Sundays or Easter Sunday, please take a Bible. And we have been... Uh, We've been in this series in the last six weeks called He Is. And it is based on uh, the seven I Am statements Jesus said in John. And so today is He is risen. Because He is risen. He is risen indeed. And the statement uh, that leads to this is in John 11, verse 25 through 26. You put it up on the screen. It reads, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Uh, I love how Jesus ends this statement with the question. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. But then he says, do you believe this? And so very quickly this morning, I want to break that down. For us, like what this means when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And over the last two weeks as I've been thinking about Easter, uh, the Lord put it on my heart uh, to also say to y'all, or really I was thinking about it first, but if this was my last Easter uh, to, to preach, what would I say? Uh, or even if this was my last Sunday to preach, what would I say? Uh, now, Lord willing... It's not, and 
Lord willing, I'd love to see 90. I don't know if that's going to happen. But, but Lord willing, it's not. But we, none of us know how much time that we have. And so I kept thinking about that over and over again. If this was the last Sunday or the last Easter, what would I say? I remember my grandmother who passed away years ago, and uh, she had cancer. And the Lord decided not to heal her physically. But uh, she died right after Easter. And she said, I still remember saying this. She said, I just want to see one more Easter. And uh, I think she died like two or three days after. But so, I always, that comes to mind, like, if it's your last Easter. And I, w- I would say this, I'd really say three things. Try to keep it simple. Try to make it plain. Um, the first one would be, I-, I wanted to say something for our loved ones. My grandmother. Or loved ones who have been lost. Or loved ones who may be sick, ailing, uh, that, that we, may, we may not know if they're going to be here next Easter. Uh, this verse applies for them. And I want to read this entire passage because uh, it can speak to this and uh, can speak to our loved ones that we are, uh, we're afraid of losing. So verse 17, uh, it says, When Jesus came, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb. This is Lazarus who died. and He'd been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Uh, So I believe that passage speaks to, like, who we are and where we are so much. Because I really see Martha in all of us. It's like, we're Martha. Uh, someone is sick physically, or someone has died physically. And maybe you've been like me. Sometimes those moments have made me even question my faith. I overcome it, but we say, like Martha did, Jesus, if you were here, they would have been healed physically. Now, I know I believe in you, Jesus, but obviously you weren't here in this moment, and you didn't do it, and like, why? And then Jesus says to us in the Spirit, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. And we'll say, I know Jesus will be raised again at the end, but you didn't heal my loved one here. And then he says, but do you believe? I think this really should speak to us. We believe in the supernatural, at least I believe in the supernatural. Jesus can heal physically. Sometimes he may choose not to. And we see a loved one who is with us, and then they are not with us anymore. And it's painful. I was, uh, I was thinking about this last night. I was thinking about loved ones, and oh no, you know, Jesus brings life. And then, and I'm all good, and everything, you know, Jesus brings life, we'll rise again. Then I got a call that one of my cousins had died last night. Uh, and so I, mean, I said this at the first service as well, that uh, I went to bed Easter Eve, Jack and I call it Easter Eve, went to bed blue, went to bed depressed. 
So I've been preparing that, you know, Jesus is the resurrection. He who believes will never die. And then I get news that a loved one had died, and I'm like, I'll be honest, like it's hard for me to like believe it literally. And, and I think that is very uh, representative of, of many of us. Like we believe it conceptually, and then we hit the moment, and we're like, well, wait, it's, dang, you know, if I can say that. I could say it worse, but I'll just leave it that. You know, it's like, man, come on. Where are you, Jesus? And then I saw a quote, and it really ministered to me. This is how God works, the Holy Spirit works. It's from Charles Spurgeon. Uh, if you don't know who Charles Spurgeon was, he was really uh, this great preacher in, uh, in the 19th century in London. Uh, he was called the Prince of Preachers. But he said, Christians usually believe that the stone was rolled away, and we believe that Jesus' body was raised from the dead. Christians should believe that in every death of a Christian, the stone is again rolled away, and that the tomb is again empty. At every death, on every deathbed. And see, some of you are saying, that sounds great, but really it's not the case. They may rise on the last day, like Martha said, but I think Jesus is saying more like that this life that he gives is so much bigger than our physical earthly life. And yes, when a Christian dies a physical death, it's, re- it's really like just passing through a veil and life begins. So, so I would say that preaching to myself and for us, that for our loved ones uh, in Jesus as Christians, for every death of a loved one who is a believer... There's also an empty tomb. The stone has also been rolled away. Everyone. Then I would say something for us as a church. And many of y'all are visiting here. Man, we're thankful that y'all are here. But this is for those who call Bellwether home. And it also ties to the resurrection. Those who call Bellwether home, um, you know, I love you. And I want us to love one another. But I always want us to keep the main thing the main thing. And that's Jesus. That's Jesus alive. That's Jesus risen. And if, you have, uh, if you've read 1 Corinthians, I love 1 Corinthians. I say it like this. I've heard other preachers say it. If you want to feel good about your church, read 1 Corinthians, okay? Um, because, and probably a lot of you had not read 1 Corinthians, but uh, say it like this, a lot, of, a lot of sin, like a lot of explicit sin. Uh, so a lot of, uh, say this, say a lot of sex, uh, a lot of drunkenness, um, some of you are like, I mean, I can need to read First Corinthians. You should, okay? But uh, it's uh, it is a lot of divisiveness um, where folks are following one person, following another person, uh, members suing each other. Uh, and anyway, First Corinthians it opens the the first eight to ten verses. I forget. Paul goes on, and on. Hey, I love you, church. I love y'all. Y'all are great. Paul started the church. He planted the church. Y'all are great. First eight verses. Then he goes on chapter after chapter saying, but man, you have messed up. Or you are messed up. And he is, um, he's really hitting in on where they are, where they're off. And again, those things that I mentioned, they're really off. And it's, I like to call it, it's jacked up. And Paul's saying, man, you're wrong. You're off. Stop. He's really hard on them. But he goes back and says, I love you, but you're off. But then... The chapter before last, chapter uh, 15, he points to the main thing. And I love this. He's like, I love you. You're off so much. But then he's like, 
This is what we need to be about. And it's the resurrected Christ and the resurrected body and how we will rise too. And so it's saying like, you know, because of Jesus, because He lives, that's what it's all about, church. And and I know you're in this mess and all churches have messiness, but that's got to be most important. That is the five-step solution without a five-step. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus alive. Focus on Jesus risen. So he does that in verse, uh, in chapter 15. I want to put a, a couple verses up there. Look at this. Verse 51 and 52. He writes, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. First off, he says, there is this mystery, but we will rise too. Not just did Jesus rise from the grave and His body rise, we will too. And that's important for Christians to know. And I think some of you here probably, it's like, hey, yeah, He rose, and then, oh yeah, there's a, there's a spiritual resurrection in the soul. No. Bodies will rise too. That's biblical, uh, historical Christianity. It's just straight from the verse. And I believe, you know, it's it's like this. You cannot take the supernatural out of Christianity. Many try to. Many who call themselves Christians try to. You cannot take out the virgin birth. You cannot take out that Jesus was dead and his body stopped. His heart stopped beating. And then it, it was alive again. He was alive again. You can't take the supernatural out. So, and I love this. And I love the supernatural and the moving of the spirit. So I do believe with all that I am. Like, in a dead body, molecules will start working again. And I know we have some doctors here. Forgive me, I'm just going to try probably butcher science here. But cells will start coming together. And like, you know, a body that was dead will be raised again. And some of you here still would not believe this. And uh, I love a quote, and I'm going to paraphrase it, because, I mean, I pretty much flunked math. It's from, and you're like, who is this guy? No, I forgot. Blaise Pascal, I think he's a math guy. But he, he was an agnostic and he became a Christian. And he said this, so many atheists just cannot believe that we as Christians will rise again bodily. But he said it, it's really simple because at one point we did not exist. And now we exist. Why is it so hard to believe that we would exist again? I love that. Like, I didn't exist one time. You didn't exist. Now I exist. So how hard is it to believe? You know, you know for years and years, you know, we, were, we were not... We were not here. We were not, I didn't even know how to articulate. You know, we, were, we didn't exist. And God said, you exist now by name. And he knew you before your parents did. How hard is it to believe that we could exist again? I love that. So there is this mystery, and it's supernatural, but there is also victory. Look at verse 57, same chapter. Paul says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Simple verse, victory. And, and I highlight that verse because we all, uh, and, and I could call people by name, but I won't, but I mean, I, I see y'all. We all love to win. I mean, if you like to win, just raise your hand. I mean, I like to win. I mean, I like, like my team to win. You know, the baseball team I'm coaching, I want us to win. I'm sorry, Rose, I didn't pick you, brother. You know, anyway, we're talking over here. Rose like, why did you say that? Anyway, I want, my, I want my team to win, and last year usually we lost. But anyway, hopefully this year will be different. We want victory. Now, I think uh, some of the greatest stories uh, in books and film, it's what's called the hero's quest. Hero's quest. And the reason we love them so much is we see ourselves in like a hero or a heroine. 
And there's this quest for, for purpose, for meaning, for victory. And what's got to change? And I really think this is the gospel truth. is We put ourselves in the hero's shoes. Uh, to surrender, uh, simple word, biblical word, but to surrender is to take ourselves out of the hero's shoes and put Jesus there. Jesus is the hero. We're not. And when we make our life and our story about us being the hero, uh, there will always, always be a void. But if Jesus is the hero, we will find life. I, th- I think that uh, many Christian writers tap into this. One is uh, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. Who likes Lord of the Rings? Pearson, are you? Lord of the Rings, okay. You know, Lord of the Rings, uh, the hero was not really the hero. Frodo, who was supposed to, you know, throw the ring away, was not really the hero of the story because there were three people who helped Frodo get to what he had to do. There was Sam, his best friend. There was Gandalf. Uh, the wizard, and there was Aragorn. And Tolkien, what he did was he took Jesus, and some of y'all know this, the prophet, priest, king, three roles of Jesus, and he put them into characters. And so those three, Sam, Gandalf, and uh, Aragorn, Aragorn was the king, they were the heroes of the story, and they helped Frodo do what he had to do. And so I think that's so much for us. Like if we make ourselves the hero, we're not going to have victory. If Jesus is the hero, he will help us. We'll have victory. It's a, it's a total like upside down logic. Like just make Jesus the hero and you will have victory. That's the gospel. So that's for our church. Like I love Christmas. You're like, it's Easter. I know, but I love Christmas because I always say it's about mystery and history. Easter, it's about mystery and victory. Mystery and victory. We've got to make the main thing the main thing. The resurrected Christ. He is the hero of all of our personal stories. And it usually all works out. All the mess, sin in our lives. Put it on G- Give it to Jesus. Focus on Jesus. And the last thing I would say is uh, for you. And what I say is the last Easter, last message for others we love, for this church, but for you. Because it's always personal. I'll say to you, uh, one simple verse. It's John 14, 19. It's, very, it's one of my favorite verses. Jesus said, because I live, you also will live. Because I live, you also will live. I, I know so many folks uh, who do not live. I mean, they're alive, but they have, they're so burdened and they're so weighed down uh, with, with, I call it past shame, you know, either the sin that they've done or sin done to them and they're, they're bitter, uh, or present doubt, and I always say it like, you know, there's just, just a, a life of, I can't, I just, I can't, I can't, I just can't do that, or I can't believe that, I, just, I can't, I can't. Or future worry, well, what will come? Uh, what will come if I don't make enough money? What, what will come of my future? What will come of my life? What will come of my marriage? And there's just live with these burdens, and a lot of folks, it's all three combined. Jesus says, because I live, you will live. And y'all need to hear that for your life today. Not just for the future. It is future, but for today. See, Jesus on the cross, what it means is He covered your past shame. He covered the sin of others done to you so that we can forgive them. As tough as that is, and look to the cross, unless you loved us. Our present and, and the I can't moments, make Him the hero. That means for us, step out of the light. Put Jesus in. I believe that's the gospel. I believe then it's like, well, if 
Jesus lives, I live. And he said, you have abundant life. I think so many folks, listen to this here, I think this is key. So many folks say, I believe in the resurrection, and Jesus rose from the dead, and God did that. That makes me a Christian. Okay, I'll take that. But so many don't do this. So many don't live like the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is in me, and I'm experiencing it supernaturally. Many are not there, and I believe when you're there, there is a worldview change, there is a life change, there is relational change. If you had to remember just one thing, I'd say this. Many folks say, I believe the Holy Spirit rose Jesus from the dead. I believe that. Great. You're not experiencing that power. And real Christianity, the real deal, is saying the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is alive and working in your heart right now and can do supernatural things in you, through you, in your relationships, in your church, in your job, in your travels, in your marriage. You're like, how do you know? It's just what the Bible says. Just what the Bible says. And then for our future, because a lot of us have the worry and the anxiety. Uh, I love uh, another writer who really tapped in, I think, to the real deal of Christianity, was C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis, uh, who loves, okay, another, Chronicles of Narnia? Love Chronicles of Narnia. Love Chronicles of Narnia. You know, Jack can understand it, I can. It's great. Chronicles of Narnia, it began with four kids lying the witch in the wardrobe. At the very end, last page, and I'm not giving anything away here, Last page, there were only three. Three ended up in what Lewis called heaven, three of the four. It was Peter, and Lucy. And the last page, Lewis writes, they began to see things that they never dreamed or imagined, and it got more and more beautiful. And then, I love this very line, it said, Aslan no longer looked like a lion. Aslan was Jesus. And he said, this is Jesus, he says, have you not understood? The term is over, now the holidays have begun. And you were in, I love this, you were in the Shadowlands. I love calling this world, it's the Shadowlands. And now your real life has begun. And then Lewis says, and after that, the world opened up before them, and it was, again, more beautiful than they could imagine. And their life before this was only the title page and the table of contents. And after that, each chapter was better than the last. And the book never ended. I believe that's the real deal stuff. And I would just, I'd, I'd close with this. You know, I, um, you know, I believe it's the last thing I'd say. Um, many of you here uh, may not be Christian. I'm so glad you're here. Um, you know, I was raised a Christian, but then I, I left the church for a long time, like a decade, uh, because I really just thought it was fake. Uh, I really thought that there was something greater um, that, you know, I, I mean, I was cocky without a reason, honestly. But it was like something that transcended church and like something that was higher. And I would see, I would see great movies that I loved or read great books. And I'd, I'd feel this like awesome, like, you know, this moment. And I would get cold chills. I was like, yeah, I want that. You know, I want that, and that's so much greater than this book or the church or Christianity. You know, it's just, it just doesn't make sense or it's all fake. And then, thankfully, the Lord was very patient uh, with, my, with my sin. The Lord was very patient with me, and he brought uh, teachers and mentors into my life. 
And I really began to see that uh, Christianity was so much more than I'd ever fathom and ever dreamed. And it was beautiful. And it was not something I had to do, and it wasn't a rote deal. And it was, I think it's what these folks like a C.S. Lewis, or a talk, they tap into it. And they see something bigger and greater and, and wilder. And it's an adventure, and it goes on forever. And there's purpose in your life today. And, and you find this meaning, and it's not your story. It's Jesus' story, and you get along for the ride. And you do have victory. And yet it's a mystery at the same time. And that's a beautiful thing. And, and it's good. And it's the greatest story. All of the stories stem from that. And that's my heart, my passion. Because I want people to know Christ and his faith like that. An adventure that never ends. And it's beautiful. And it can start any moment, any day. And it's a miracle when someone's baptized. It's a miracle when the Holy Spirit floods a heart. It's a miracle when broken sinners get up here and sing or broken sinners get up here and share and it's a miracle when the church comes together. It's supernatural. I want Bella to be supernatural. That means not natural. It is right now. It can be for you and your heart at this moment, this Easter. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, uh, I pray for folks that they would see your word and your gospel and your Savior as so much bigger and greater than, than our lives, or our time, or even our call. But it's about you. And you do amazing things, and you will do amazing things. And, and thank you for just letting us be a part. So those here today, I, I pray that, uh, man, that they would just see you, and your Holy Spirit would melt hearts, and save us from past shame, and present doubt, and future worry. For we make it about Jesus, and that he lives, and he saves Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Okay, now is the time we're going to get ready to prepare for baptism. Uh, as I've preached uh, the gospel, you're about to get to see the gospel uh, in flesh. Uh, yeah, those who are getting baptized, y'all go ahead and step out. There will be a deacon who uh, will escort you to the back. Uh, some of you may, and we always do this, uh, we open it up, and we actually nearly had somebody last service, but they're going to get baptized in the next service. But anyway, don't let that hold you back. Uh, we always call for spontaneous baptisms. Uh, so if you're really feeling the Spirit move, I mean, it's Easter, it's a wonderful day. Uh, we would love uh, to talk to you, and uh, we'd love to uh, be ministered to through your baptism. Uh, David Carroll is standing right in front of the glass doors. If you just are all interested, it's not even a commitment uh, in baptism. You could go to David and talk to him. But I want to read you the stories briefly of excuse me, Jack, of those that you will see get baptized, and I'm not going to name their names. So we have four for sure. Uh, last year I read a book called Heaven is for Real. After that I talked to my mom. I asked Jesus in my heart. I prayed and asked him to always be with me and told God I wanted to give my life to him the day after my eighth birthday. Since then when I've been to baptism services here, I've really wanted to be baptized. I want to show everyone I have died to my old self, and I want to be alive in Christ. That's from an eight-year-old, guys. Uh, I want to grow in my heart knowledge of Jesus always. Another one. I was not raised in a Christian home. I went to church and Sunday school with friends. My parents went on special occasions. We did not read the Bible or pray together. I realize now I was brought up in church, but not brought up in Christ. I like that. Uh, I was in control of my life. I married young. It ended after 20 years. I ran with the wrong crowd. I hung out in bars. 
I did things I'm not proud of. Oh, I had fun, and I thought this is the life, when in fact my life was a mess. I made poor choices on my own, and all God wanted was for me to turn back to him. I now see God open the door often, but I missed it. By his grace, I am alive today. I had been away from the church for 30 plus years. A very special friend through her death brought us back to church in Christ 12 years ago. Wow. Three exclamation points. Uh, my favorite verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. I can sum up everything with this four-line song. Something beautiful, something good, all my confusion he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, and he made something beautiful of my life. I'm excited about my baptism today. Praise be to God. Another one. Today is the day I become whole as I publicly surrender my life to Christ. What a feeling of peace, love, and joy in my heart. As we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, I can celebrate my belief in Jesus is of infinite importance, something I must act on every day. My path is clear. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. The last one. All through my life, as most people do, I face things that could have really put me in a hopeless place. Throughout these situations, even before I believed God was there, he lifted me up and carried me through them, delivering me. By presenting the trials of my life, he has shown me time and time again how real and powerful he is and how much he does for me and how much he has loved me. Through this baptism, I am taking my turn to show my real love for him and how he has given me new life in Christ. I know that in Jesus... And in his plan, I can conquer anything in this life. Thank you. We're about to see the Holy Spirit at work. Uh, We will not see the Holy Spirit at work in some hearts. But we'll know he's working. And we're going to see something beautiful. Glad y'all could be here.